Hello, hello, and welcome to another Wind Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Rizzi. I'll be your host tonight. I'll be driving you through the Shriners Hospital for Children Open, something like that. We're going to get it. We'll figure out one of these days. I have Sia Najat here with me. I'm a, I have my man, Joel Shrek. I knew I was going to screw it up, Sia. You did too, but you kind of let me dive right into it. Sia, how you doing tonight, buddy? It's it's hard. It's difficult. It's one of those where there's like multiple uh, almost like it sounds like plural two times yep. in a row, like Shriners Hospitals or is it, I don't know. It's children. So, children. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Shriners. How about that? Is that Shriners. cool? I, it works right. for me. Less words. Economy of words. I think uh, one great man once said, Joel, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to getting some of the the main golfers back on the slate for this week. Some of the guys that we know and we love. So I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited for it as well. It should be a lot of fun. Everybody out there, we have us on YouTube. You can check us out on windailysports.com. We're on the Twitch page, the Twitter page. We're everywhere. So just come hang out, make some money with us. It should be a good time. So in that case, I think we can rock right in. Oh, well, actually, first, we have to, Joel, last week you were moving. This week you have moved. How's the new place? We're really excited. Uh, You know, the the process of moving is like the biggest pain in the butt. Uh, so even though we didn't go far, it was still a pain. And now we're finally settled in. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Hell yeah, man. I'm happy to hear it. Moving is probably the worst thing. Uh, and I get to do it soon, starting to look for houses. So I guess, I don't know. Uh, I'm not super excited, but we'll get to it. So anyway, uh, let's let's rock and roll. See, ya. let's start talking a little bit. We're, we're down in Vegas. So it's nice and warm. Should be comfortable. Maybe go play some bets while we're on the course. I don't know exactly how it works or what we're doing there, but uh, talk to me a little bit. I mean, we have real golfers. I see Bryson. I see Webb. I see Abraham Answer is here. I mean, it feels like the pack is back. We got Ricky Fowler. My grandma is going to be <laughs> ecstatic. Um, talk to me a little bit. How are you? Just uh, the the um, the crowd in general. How do you think? How do you think this tournament's going to play out a little bit? So I love how for the last. I don't know, eight or nine months, we've talked about Abraham answer so much, some good and some bad, that you just led with, well, we've got Bryson, we've got Webb, and Abraham answer, as if they're not like, it's like 30 golfers in between those two guys. But um, real quick, before I get to that that top tier and and, Mm -hmm. and some notes about this course, who said economy of words? What what is that? Is that a quote from somebody? Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but it's like um, trying to say something. Yeah, it's, it's on me, man. Uh, I think I just heard it on a Joe Rogan podcast, and I didn't want to drop a Joe Rogan podcast name because then I feel like kind of like an asshole. So I tried not to say it, but I think here we are now. So not can't really get it. Can't can't really avoid it right now. See, I can't really avoid it right now. Okay, so here we are. We're in Las Vegas, as you mm. might have mentioned. Um, we've got a really good field. I mean, there's this isn't like a packed field. It's nowhere close to a major field, which, by the way, the Masters are in five weeks. Um, but this is this is a definitely a solid field. And another thing, you know, we talked about last week how that 6,000 range was, you know, full of good potential golfers. And, and I think Joel's going to agree with me here. This is one of those tournaments where that 6K range is, is probably going to win you a GPP because mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to want to stuff their lineups with a Bryson for good reason, or maybe they're going to want to double up in that top tier, like not necessarily the top, top tier, but l- let's say a Bryson and a Colin Morikawa or a Bryson and a Matthew Wolf, but you know, all three of which are very popular from ownership percentage standpoint. So if you're going to do that, you got to dip down to the 6,200 range or the 6,500 range. So there are places to go there, particularly for GPP. I mean, in cash, I don't really recommend that. But uh, it's it should be an interesting tournament. I, you know, I never really have a good feeling or a bad feeling about a tournament. But 
I do have a good feeling about this. And part of it is, you know, I don't know how long this is going to go. Hopefully it doesn't go more than an hour because I only say that because there's so many guys I like, one of which just withdrew. Tony Finau just withdrew. So, you know, it's almost like a good thing that that like one guy can sort of check off the list. So uh, I'm excited about it. Joel, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interesting field. I think what one of the first things that got me excited about the the DraftKings salaries this week are and it's an actual smaller field than normal. And here's why I like that. I think when we get those fields that have like, you know, over 150 guys, it can be overwhelming and it's like, you know, it's really hard to narrow down six. But here like there's already clear guys I don't like in certain ranges. There's clear guys I like. I can really now narrow down my player pool and go into the week with confidence um, that I don't have to like, you know, sometimes you have to fade a guy you like if there's just too many players because what other options do you have? And this week I feel like you can really kind of hone in on those guys and, and not feel like you have to fade guys that, that you might be uh, high on. I like that. Yeah. I love it. And Joel, just one quick question. It looks like, did you get a haircut or is it just the new apartment? I did. I got, I, okay. up. I got a new apartment. I got a new haircut. I'm I'm a fresh man. I'm ready to get into to, to the end of the year here. I love it, man. Let <laughs> us go. Um, this is why I, this is why you have to tune into the live stream, by the way, mm-hmm. to see Joel's haircut because it's actually kind of amazing. You look like a badass all of a sudden. You know, no offense to your previous self, but like now you look like a badass. You just look like you know Joel Shrek before. So yeah. for whatever that's worth, I think it's worth something. I think it's actually worth a lot. See, and I appreciate the hell out of you for that. So yeah, let's well, uh, let's what? jump. Keep coming. I was going to say, see, I think I think I am always a badass. So the fact that I'm just getting that that certification from you now, I'm I'm a little disappointed, but at least we got there. At least we got there. Hey, listen, I I didn't say you weren't a badass previous. I'm just saying, like, now you actually look the part. So there's a difference between looking the part and being the part. (laughs) Now you've checked both boxes. The box you haven't checked is the the really good wi-fi connection so mm. work on that while we're uh while we're going back and forth here but hey do you want me to-, to get the super wi-fi service but it still doesn't work but i i did try i did try just like navigate around your uh apartment and see what happens um michael do you want me to kick off just like the, i mean there's there's so few in this this 10k and above range uh because tony finau just dropped out because he actually tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID, by the way. Oh, um, wow. So do you want me to just go over the, those top three guys first? I would love that, Sia. Fantastic. I like your shirt, by the way, Michael. You're looking Thank very you. dapper today. And your hair. It's... I feel like everybody really showed up today. I'm really impressed. Showing up, showing out. Feel good, look good, play good, get paid. You know how it goes. Right. No, nah, so now it's off the rails. Now okay, I, yeah, I don't approve of anything you just right, said. Right, That's, right. Anyway, no, let's kick it off. not do that. One thing we do want to do, though, is we probably want to jam Bryson DeChambeau in most of our lineups, a lot of our lineups. Okay, so definitely for cash, like do your best to get Bryson in there. For GPP, it it sort of makes sense to fade him um, for a couple reasons. His ownership is pretty high, but honestly, it's not grossly high because his price tag is so high on DraftKings and FanDuel. So you don't really need to fade him for like contrarian purposes unless this shoots up between you know now and tomorrow and we'll find out we'll talk in discord and we have the articles coming out Wednesday afternoon from from Steven but um I like him I, I like Bryson this week like he has a very good track record here this course fits him really well he can just bombs away off the tee because the rough on this course is not going to be penal so he you know wherever the ball lands it, it'll be closer than anybody else and he'll just shoot a wedge into you know a par five 
and be fine and be and be putting for eagle on i believe the three par fives that are out here so he's he's the guy you definitely want to like try to have and, and if you do you're going to have to kind of like dip a little low if you want another like upper tier guy. Webb Simpson is another popular pick. He's tracking close to 20%. Bryson's about 20% right now, but I think that's going to go up. Um, Webb, I'm not really on. He's 11000 It's pretty expensive. I, I like so many guys below him that it's just not going to be somewhere I'm going to go. His track record is here. Oh, by the way, Bryson's track record, fourth last year, first the year before, and seventh the year before that. So take that plus his recent form, which has just been lights out, plus the fact that he's a good course fit. I mean, it's really hard to argue against Bryson unless you're just trying to be like super contrarian, which for for the record in a big GPP makes sense. Um, Webb Simpson, again, I'm not really on, so I won't spend too much time there. Patrick Cantlay probably has the most impressive track record here. His last three years, he's been second, second, and first. You know, take that with his recent form. I mean, his recent form isn't terrible, but it's not good either. So that's another guy. Again, if I'm going to spend up, I'll, I'll do it with Bryson and I won't pay the, let's say DraftKings, the 10,400 on Cantley. I'd rather just shoot down a little bit. So that's, that sort of covers that 10 K range. And, our, and yeah, hopefully, uh, yes. Thank you for that. Did not realize Tony Fino tested positive. That's unfortunate. So hopefully him and everyone around him is going to be okay and just be fine. Joel, you're frozen. You're back. I'm here. I'm good. We're ready to go. Um, with that female news, I will tell you, keep an eye out on things. Cause like I often will build lineups like tonight, tomorrow, and then like leave them in there. Not really going to keep too much of an eye on it. Make sure if you see anyone else test positive or anything like that, that you just check your lineups. The worst thing in the world is to go into it knowing you could remove somebody and you just lost money. So definitely right before um, tee off, check if anyone else is withdrawn, check your lineup. Just make sure you don't go in because you're just going to be throwing away money. Um, that happened to me recently, and it was the worst feeling. So just don't do that. Now, for, for the top slate, I really like these top slates. So I'm going back to a lot of the stars and scrubs again. And I'm almost going off the, like, you, you know, Bryson's going to be a little chalky. Uh, but he's just so much better than everyone else. And um, he has a course history here that's really strong. And so, like, you want to combine current form, check, obviously. Um, course fit check. Bryson's history here, his current form, the the course. Fit, I just don't see any reason to get away from him. I'm gonna be playing a lot of him myself. I just think if he's gonna win the tournament, I think I'm just gonna just gonna hammer it and and stick that that route for this tournament. And and I'm I'm kind of feeling similarly with uh, Cantlay. So it's not the same as Bryson because he doesn't have the current form, but he does have the course history here. Um, he literally does like he just likes this course, and it, I'm on one of those with Kenley where I'm feeling like he's too good at golf to not get back to being one of the better guys in the field. And this is a great field for him, as there's like ten to fifteen guys that are in that elite slate, and then after that, it's not that tough of a field. So you know he can really, you know, it's not that deep in that you know, there's the top guys, but after that, it's just kind of anyone. So. I think this is a good spot for for Cantlay to have a rebound and get back to the top. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get Bryson and Cantlay as much as I can. Now, obviously, with that being my strategy, you're gonna have to go a lot of scrubs as well. So I'll have some more plays for you kind of later on. But just looking at this top tier, obviously Finau's out. Um, I don't mind Simpson, like especially uh, if you want to be contrarian and not just have like the same kind of pick that everyone else is picking. I think he's certainly a really good golfer, and so it certainly would be a good play from that perspective. Uh, but if, if I had, you know, if, if my thought process wasn't a GPP tournament and just pick my best golfers, it would be Cantley and, and DeChambeau. 
I love that. And I think it's interesting um, with what Bryson has done at this course previously. And, you know, the definitely, definitely not taking steroids over the quarantine made him bigger and shoot the ball further. (laughs) I mean, it kind of makes sense that if he's already that good at this course and it's a place that you want to hit the ball as long as possible, he kind of just upgraded on what he was previously. And obviously recent form, not too shabby for Bryson as well. So I think a lot of that is interesting and it makes sense. His price is much higher than everybody else. Um, So I think it's going to make it more difficult. But as you said, Joel, you'll be able to fit some other guys in there as well. So Sia, let us hop to that 9K range. It's got a bunch of guys here. We got Mr. Moore Cowers in here. Harris English is in here. Uh, Nope, Abraham Answer is not in here. Don't worry, Sia. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Don't worry, Sia. But anyway, talk to me about this 9K range and who you're liking here. Yeah, a lot of guys I, I like in here. And so keep in mind with Tony Finau withdrawing, you're going to have, and his ownership was was already tracking at like 16, 17%. So wow. you are going to have people that obviously that has to go somewhere. So I think a lot of that actually will shoot up to Cantlay because people are going to look at what Joel said, and particularly his recent form here, I should say his form at this course. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to latch on there. They They may latch on to Hideki as well. You know, both Hideki and Cantlay, I feel like we have this image of who they are, but they're not that person like we feel like you know Hideki is just one tournament away he's gonna win and Cantley is like this guy who's just won a ton and he's ready to win again like none of that is true so I will have maybe like a share of Cantley maybe a couple shares of Hideki but I don't love those guys personally Colin Morikawa would would you say it's as if you were a badass, but then you got, you're just kind of looking for that haircut at this point is that really exactly no thank you yeah what a proper analogy yes you. thank you yes you're trying to you're trying to go full shrek but you're only half shrek right now you're only That's, half shrek you know, right now not good you're not a draft you're draft master you're not draft master flex so <laughs> like until you're draft master flex then i'll roster you on my DraftKings team but hideki n- no soup for you so uh, guys i like though i mean colin's gonna be popular he's he's at about 20 percent. i don't love him and the reason i say that is because i like wolf a lot better who's just priced at just a little a notch down from colin morikawa um i i love wolf's upside i mean so does everybody else by the way because he's well over 20 percent at this point but that's okay get different elsewhere matthew wolf is definitely going to be in a lot of my cash and gp lineups i'll probably be fading colin morikawa because of that i mean like you can't take there's only so many guys you can take in this like sort of top fifth of the board so matthew i'm gonna fade harris english i just don't like his upside quite as much he's another popular guy and then as we go through the 9k range the only other guy i like i think a lot of people will be on scotty scheffler absolutely good reason he can go low at any moment he wasn't particularly impressive last week and therefore i thought his ownership would be down I was wrong because his ownership is between 18 and 20% as we speak. So I'm personally not going to be on Scheffler, but I understand people who who want to be because I, I know that's one of Joel's guys. The only other guys I like, Sergio, he won last week. I don't usually like to go for like a back-to-back guy, but if we assume he figured out his putter to any degree, any positive degree, which clearly he was good last week with that, his ball striking has sort of always been good. He's very consistently a good ball striker. He drives it longer than you know most people think. He's not like a masher or anything. So I like Sergio at 9,100. And then I might have a share of Ricky Fowler just for your grandmother, um, Michael. You. But in this 9K range, it's going to be Matthew Wolf, Matthew Wolf mostly and a little bit of Sergio and maybe a little bit of uh, Hideki. And that's it. I love it. I'm going to tell my grandma. I actually just saw her on Sunday. Um, she got me some Capricole for my wedding. It was awesome. See, or I'm sorry, Joel. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this 9K range and how much Ricky Fowler are you going to play for my grandma? 
You know what's interesting? I was just saying, saying I, I like Ricky this week more than normal. Now, obviously, by my original strategy, like I can't have too much of these guys in this range because if I'm playing a lot of Bryson and a lot of Cantlay. I'm going to have to get them in low. So a couple of my different GPPs, I am going to play Ricky. I think he's a guy that's a good way to get different. His ownership's not going to be that high. Um, what I like especially about Ricky is previously he didn't, he didn't compete here last year. He was tied for fourth in 2019 and tied for 25th in 2016, and those are the only times he's played the course. So he's done well in this tournament, and he seems to like it here. Um, I think this could be a good spot for him. Only as a contrarian play, like if you want to get different, I think that could be a, a good way to do so. Um, now, just you know, giving everyone the information, I myself will not be playing too much uh, Matsuyama for the reasons I said. However, you know, if you look at like what like the researchers look at in terms of advanced statistics, he grades out really well for this course. So, like for that reason, I would say like, keep him on your radar. It's not so, it's like someone I like to throw in for a few GPPs. My thing with a decky, and the reason why I uh, shy away from him often is he see, he tends to often do well but fall in like the 10 to 20 range which at this price like you need guys getting in the top 10 to make this price be worth it so you know if you get someone 10 to 20 and 7k fine like that that can catch its value but at this price i just think he's gonna probably do well just maybe not well enough at his price level so for that reason i'm not too high on him ownership wise this week um I kind of feel similarly as see it to Morikawa. It's like I have nothing against him. I just can't find a way to get him in my lineups, and you know you can't play everybody. So for that reason, like I don't, you know, I just don't love him this week. Nothing against him. Would it? I mean, he's been playing great. Would it shock me if he had a good week? Not at all. Uh, he's just is kind of making the uh, the salary cut for my rosters. I do love Wolf. Um, the issue with Wolf this week is strictly a, a, a DraftKings tournament play. It's just the ownership, right? It's it's hard to get too far behind Bryson and Wolf because you have to be perfect with every other pick to do anything positive. So um, I'll, you definitely have your, a few shares of him. I'm not going to fade him completely. But the, only, the main reason why I'm probably not going to play too much of him is strictly a strategic tournament play of like his ownership is a little too high and I just want to get a little different. And I don't think he's like head and shoulders above some of the more comparable options in this range. Um, you know – Scotty Scheffler is a guy I do like. I, I think Scheffler is, is a bounce back. You know, he, he is one of my guys. I, I target him a lot. Um, you know, he had COVID. He came out after COVID and was a little slow, and then he, he got it together. So if you took away day one round last week, he would have been in the top probably 10. So from that perspective, you know, that's all behind him, and now he's kind of he's playing well again. So uh, I'm definitely like Scheffler in your lineups. And I'm also going to go back to a little bit when I can, uh, Sungjae Im. Um some Jay, like we said, like he's consistent. That's what I love most about him. Like if you, especially if you're doing cash lineups, if you cram him in, like he's not going to flop. He doesn't flop very often. He's usually he competes. He also doesn't get you top ten. So like, think about him for your cash lineups. Think about him for your smaller tournaments. Safer play for the big GPP. Maybe not the best play. Yes, and always remember what you're playing matters. And if you want to ask questions about what you're playing, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our Discord chat where you get to ask Sia, you get to ask Joel, you get to ask who else we got. We got Antonio in there. We have Patrick. We have Sicily Kid, who has his incredible article that comes out on Wednesdays, which is so much fun to see the tournament breakdown in terms of ownership. So windailysports.com backslash chat. 
seven free days. Ask us anything you want. That also includes football and baseball. And if there's a couple basketball games left after the Lakers throttle the heat tonight, we'll see. But <laughs> it should be fun. Windowlaysports.com backslash chat. Come hang out with us. So that is the 9K range. Um, it's just so much nicer when I click on people's names and just see their picture. Remember a couple weeks ago, I was going through seeing if even guys had pictures on the site this week. Just about everybody does. So I'm very grateful for that. Some of these names are a little bit more familiar as well. Mr. Zalatoris, I see him here in the 8K range. This guy is frigging everywhere. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Joel, what do you got? Do you have something to say about Mr. Zalatoris? You look excited. No, what I love about that picture comment is that I, I and this is how funny I use that, but I, I use that because um, when I see that a guy is really old, I fade him, right? And, ah, and I love it. Thing. Like, sometimes I'll see a guy and like the numbers might add up and I'm like, well, this guy's pretty good. Why is why am I not playing him? And I'm like, oh, I just realized he's like 50 because of his picture. I'm like, nah, never mind. He's too old. I'll just move on. He was good when he was younger. He's not anymore. Here we it's, go. The insight you will get on the Wind Daily Sports Show doesn't get any better than pictures and old people. What do you guys see? It's the Vaughn Taylor thing from last week. So by mm. the way, Joel, um, He's 44 years old. Does that take him off your radar or is he still on your radar at 44? Borderline. It's like he can still make it in, but he's starting to get to the edge of like, "Mm, maybe not anymore. He's getting old. Yeah. You feel like the upside is limited there, right? (laughs) I can make a cut, but he's not going to contend on Sunday. I mean, there is, I mean, with guys, listen, that's not exactly scientific, but like with guys like Bryson that we're seeing out there and like, even like Justin Thomas or we're like, it, even though those guys are kind of small, they're whipping it around. And so, there, I mean, there's something to be said for an older guy, like not necessarily contending with those guys. By the way, um, speaking like so, Joel mentioned that the metrics, you know, Hideki grades out best in the metrics. And so what I'm talking T to green. Let's forget about putting for a second. But approach, if you add up approach off the tee and around the green game, Hideki literally grades out best in this field. So that's sort of where the that's sort of where the sentiment comes from. Like, oh, it's Hideki's time. Like he usually the putter fails him. And, and so most people will say, okay, well, a putter can get hot and that can change any given, you know, Sunday or Thursday through Sunday. So I think that's sort of where the Hideki like bluster comes from. And honestly, it makes sense. And so I will have a couple shares of him, but I just wanted to point out when, when you, when Joel was talking about the metrics, he was talking about off the tee approach around the green like he kills it and he always kills it but to joel's point he never seems to finish in you know the top five i mean he does but like it's it's very rare that you see him on sunday contending it's always somebody else joel did you have something before i get to the ak range yeah i think you're you're, i I, obviously i totally agree but the what's funny about that is he's known to be a pretty poor putter which is obviously a problem in golf and and i think even like that is the strategy right it's like in my showdown strategy which is what i've had a lot of success at is Basically, find the guys that are striking the ball well and not putting well because odds are they'll bring the putter around and the ball striking will continue. And so you play those guys and eventually they putt and then the ball striking continues and they do well. And that's how you catch kind of the strategy for showdown. So with um, Hideki, like it's just an extrapolated the same strategy, right? He keeps striking the ball well. One week that putter is going to get hot and he's going to win a tournament. But the thing is, it's like consistently the same thing. He always strikes the ball well and he never really putts well. So at some point it's kind of like, how often can we keep saying it? But eventually it's like, it's just, it is what it is. Um, you know, yeah, he's got, he's too good at golf. Eventually he is going to win one and we're all going to kick ourselves that we knew it, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Well, a good illustration of your point though, happened three days ago. Cause Sergio has been so bad with the putter and he took down last week's tournament. So, I mean, this is a guy, Sergio, I, I had him in a, in a particular DraftKings lineup. This is a little while ago, maybe three or four months ago. He literally three putt from like eight and a half feet. 
I mean, and by the way, like the second putt wasn't even close. So it's kind of one of those things like some of these guys, it's in their head or they just they don't have the game. So there is something to be said for somebody who's a really good putter because they walk up to the ball six, eight, nine feet away thinking I can make this where a guy like Sergio or Hideki or Ben Anand walks up to it and they're like, oh, man, here we go again. So there's something to be said for somebody who's a good putter, but you don't want to ride a hot putter over ball striking, obviously. And Hideki does have the ball striking. Also, though. If Hideki was playing in that tournament, he probably would have wanted us also. So this isn't the same field, right? I think uh, that's a big difference as well. It's it's Sergio's not going to compete with uh, some tougher golfers, which is going to end up being the issue. Now, with that being said, Sergio's one of the guys that, like, I agree with you what you said in the beginning when you mentioned Sergio, that it's hard to go for a guy that's going to go back-to-back. He's not going to win two tournaments in a row. That very rarely happens. Um, however, Sergio is a guy that gets hot, right? And so, like, you kind of want to ride him. So like, I don't think he's going to win this tournament, but I think he might ride that hot streak and maybe get you a top 20. Um, and his price range, that might not be enough. So, like, I'm, you know, wishy-washy on, on Sergio. I definitely wouldn't fade him a, a few shares of him uh, because he's a guy that, that definitely does ride a, a hot um, a hot stick. Ride a hot stick. All right. So <laughs> we got I wasn't going to touch that. but I had to. I had to touch it. It's my job. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know. Um, so what do you got for me? Uh, what else do you have for me in this 8K range? I, we might have said a couple of these guys. I don't even remember at this point. No, not really. Um, okay. So there's a couple guys I like here. Not too many, actually. Um, Abraham Answer, I actually do like him this week. And, and one of the reasons is because his projected ownership is pretty low. So, I mean, he hasn't been good for a few months. I mean, there's been like he's peppered in a couple like good rounds, but he's so much better than what he's played. And, and this is kind of one of those things. It's it's a new season, so to speak. And granted, he hasn't had a ton of time off, but he's had some time off. And I think we're going to see like the the old Abraham answer. So if he's under 10% ownership at what I think is a pretty reasonable price on DraftKings of 8,700, like I'll absolutely have some shares and I'll go down with the ship there. That, that's no problem because I know what his potential is. So I like answer. And I like Cameron Davis at 8,200. He's another guy that's going to be super chalky, unfortunately. He's going to be over 20%. He's just like the perfect course fit for, for this particular course. He drives the ball far. He's he's coming. By the way, his recent history is really good. L- last time he was here, looks like 2019, he finished 28th. Nothing to write home about. But at 8,200, a guy that's sort of finding his game, and, and he's got a, a lot of like decent, strong finishes over his last four tournaments including, let's see, a 15th at the Wyndham. So he's a, he's a solid play. The only other guys I really like in the 8,200 or in the 8,000 range, Joaquin Neiman at 8,100, I think is, I, I wanted to say he's sneaky, but then I'm looking at his ownership. This is a guy who, that his ball striking is fantastic. He's another guy that the putter usually fails him, but you'll see him every third, fourth, fifth tournament when he's in there, all of a sudden you'll see him there on Sunday, you know, at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So at 8,100, Again, for GPPs, you're looking at upside. So Neiman isn't so much a cash play, more GPP play. But those are the three guys I like. Uh, Answer, Cam Davis, and Joaquin Neiman. I like them the best in the AK range. I love it. Mr. Hot Stick, what do you got for me in the AK range? <laughs> so uh, there's a few guys I like here that I'll mention. There's one guy in this range I love, so I'll save him for last. So a few guys I just want to mention to keep your eye on. I do like Answer. Um, definitely some guy I have a few shares of this week. Um I'm going to be, I think a good guy to target this week now that his price is more reasonable is Zalatoris. I think uh, now that you don't have to be the most expensive guy on the slate, um, he's consistently has above average to good ball striking metrics. So he's going to hit the ball with the top guys. If he sinks a few putts this week, I think he 
he can be a guy now at this price range that's a value, right? At the top, at the most expensive guy in the field, no, but now he's a value. Um, I like Davis. I think he, the way he plays, right? He's going to hit it long. He's going to score well in this course, and he's and he's coming in with good form. You know, he led I think a portion of the tournament last week. So um, if he can put together four strong days, I think he can compete here. Um, and and I do and I'm and I'm with Sia on Neiman. Um, if you guys all remember, Neiman was really good at the BMW. It, it was a harder course. Um, but he's a guy that, that hits it really far for a little guy. He hits it. That's the guy that we sh- that struck that conversation last week, the little guy that, that can really crush it. So I do like him as well. I like him less if his ownership numbers are high. I think, you know, if you can get him at a low ownership number, then, then he's good. If he's going to be chalky, then I'd probably fade him. But my play in this range that I really love that I'm probably going to put some bets on as well um, is Kevin Na. So Kevin Na is, I think, just one, an underrated golfer. So let's just start there. He's good at golf. Good. Okay. Number two, Kevin now won the tournament last year. So he's already has experience here. Number three, he also has a tied for second at the same tournament. It was granted. It was like five years ago, but he has a tied for second. So he's has twice where he's done really well. And that's like, I told you guys last week, that's what I look for. Is it, can you, have you consistently performed well here? If you won it once, doesn't mean much. If you've done it twice. Okay. We have consistency on this course in transparency. He's also missed the cut twice here. So, it's a little bit of both, but you know, I mean, for these GPPs especially, it's the upside, and the upside's obviously there. And when he put together a four rounds, like Kevin knocking ball, like he's good. Um, he's been a little bit cold as of recently, and he's had those injuries, so you got to really make sure he's healthy. But um, you haven't heard anything like since the summer. You haven't heard any talk about his back acting up. He seems like he's he's getting healthy. I think this is a good spot for him to return in, in a you know in a tournament that he's comfortable in. So I really like Kevin now this week. I love it. He has been pretty terrible as of late, but thankfully it is a new season and we have new opportunities ahead of us. I think that part's important. So I love it. I love it, Joel. I absolutely love it. No, uh, no innuendos in that one though. A little disappointed in that. (laughs) Um, I've always appreciated it. One thing I do want to pick up on with Cam Davis, and this is part of the reason he's so popular. So on, let's see, it was Saturday, his, his round three last week at the Sanderson, he shot nine under. Seven birdies in one eagle, and and that included five birdies in a row on the front nine. So, you know, you look at guys like him or like a Scotty Scheffler, who I said I'm not necessarily a big fan of this week, but guys that can shoot like that on any given day. I mean, just think of the DraftKings scores. You know, you got your mm-hmm. you, you got your eagle, you got your three birdies in a row. I mean, obviously, if you're making if you're minus nine on any given day, you're probably going to be up there on the leaderboard. So people look at stuff like that. I mean, th- there's a lot of guys, and, and I actually think Joaquin Neiman has some upside in that regard, like we talked about. So there's plenty of guys that have that upside. And, and again, in a GPP, that's sort of what you're looking for. It's kind of like boom or bust. And so that's why Cam Davis is so popular. But again, if you're going to take him, you know, and by the way, read, read what Steven has to say tomorrow. And he always, if you ask him in discord, he always puts out that formula for people in terms of where you kind of want to be from an ownership percentage standpoint, even when you're taking chalky guys, because you can get away with it, but there's a way to get away with it when you're like, trying to play in the like 150 max entry tournament. So um, that's something to look out for, for the windailysports.com members, of course. Um, but yeah, so Cam, Cam Davis has the upside there. Go ahead. Let me piggyback on that. One exercise I do when I'm building my lineups is when you're kind of picking out guys and looking at like pick up their DraftKings page and look at their player profile, it shows you their, their last five, 10, whatever tournaments and the results. So I look at the last four, right? And you look by round what they shot. And what I'm trying to find is guys that have gotten multiple 66 and below, 
right? So like so you might not have even done that well, but if you got, you know, three or four 66s over the last three tournaments, but you know, maybe you sprinkled in a 74, 75, so you didn't do that well. Well, at least I know you've gotten those low scores that we need to win. So all I need you to do is put it together consistently for four days. But I want to fade guys that like never shoot a 66. If you shoot four 69s, you still, you probably did better than the guy I'm targeting, but that's not going to win the tournament. And that's, you're not going to be able capable of doing those low drafting scoring. So I want those volatile guys that get the 66, and I'm just going to hope I can catch them on a week where they have four song days because that's how you're going to win these tournaments. Yeah, and plus if you hit a 66, I feel like there's a really good chance, unless you completely blew up in one of the first two days, you at least made the cut, right? And I know that's not quite the best way to look at it. For cash games, it is. But for GPPs, obviously, we want to do much more than that. But at least you have to at least make the cut for us to get to round three and round four. So I think that part, right. or you're already in round three and round four, which again is is just a testament to what we're trying to do here. So I think that part's pretty important. So Sia, let's move on. Uh, we did the 8K range. So I think that means we go to the 7K range now, which isn't as terribly long as before. How many plays do you have here, Sia? Um, I'd say a handful. I mean, this okay. is going to be a pretty popular range because I think if you're stacking sort of up top, mm-hmm. you might you might have to start dipping into the 7K range and then in the 6K range. So th- there's plenty of really good players here. I mean, I, I see Doc Redmond at 7,900 and that- he always sort of jumps out at me. It's kind of like one of my guys, but his ownership is at around 20%. Anytime a guy's in the 7K range and he's like 20%, it's just... That never ends well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it almost never ends well. So I think Cameron Smith right below him is an interesting pivot because he's like 4% right now. So that's just something to throw. I'm not necessarily a Cam Smith guy, but when I look at this range, he's one of the lower owned guys in this range. And he, you know, he has upside on this course. Denny McCarthy is a guy like he's kind of popular too. He was sixth at the Sanderson last week. And uh, at this tournament, the last two years, I believe he was ninth and 15th. So he clearly has the track record here. His game, his ball striking in particular, has been really, really good. Um, he's a good putter. So, like, he fits. He, he basically checks all the boxes, which kind of speaks to why he's a little bit more popular than most of the people in this range. HV3, who reminds me, of course, of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Ouch. That's true. And RG3, yes. who through a very long pass uh, this last week, but his receiver dropped it, and therefore it was intercepted by a Washington football team member. So 0 for 1. Okay. But he flung that thing, man, flick of the wrist. But anyway, speaking of flick of the wrists, Harold Varner third, great ball striker, kind of under the radar right now, 7,500, solid value. Uh, Ryan Palmer's another one of those guys that Joel was sort of referencing where – this guy can blow up and, and give you a 74, and then he can shoot at on this course. He can shoot like a 64 and then a 65. So Ryan Palmer is one of those boomer bust guys that I'm absolutely happy to take. Another guy, we're in the 7,300 range right now, is um, Lanto Griffin. He's just one of those classic under-the-radar guys that has been pretty good lately. And I think at 7,300, you're getting you're getting value here. The only other guys in the 7K got, in the 7K range that I like, and they're all in a row, and they're all 7,100, Joel Dahman who, of course, I know Joel likes. And this is a guy that can go low, you know, a- any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Adam Hadwin, who I just have an affection for, and he's low-owned, so I'm, I'm I'm an Adam Hadwin guy. He's a good ball striker, and I'm hoping that comes through. And the guy that's been really hot, we talked about him last week, Christopher Ventura, is going to be a little popular, but at 7,100, you're getting amazing value with Ventura. He has been red hot lately. I know Joel's going to talk about him too, so I'm going to give him the floor there. But um, those are the guys in the 7K range I like. 
I love it. Yeah, a lot of these guys, some of these names are starting to pop up. And again, these were the guys that were in the 9K range, uh, the, the high 8K range the last couple of weeks because we didn't really have this, you know, group of elite talent in this field, which is pretty interesting. So, Joel, you're going to be uh, you're going to be diving into this 7K range a lot, especially if you are really leaning into Bryson and Cantley a lot. So I'm assuming you're gonna have some 6K plays as well, but you're going to have to find a little bit of value in the 7K range. So where are you going for it? Yeah, this, this is where I'm doing work, right? So if I'm I'm, when I'm cramming in uh, Cantlay and Bryson, this is where I'm getting I'm getting my plays, and this is where I have to be right, right? Because if that's my play, Bryson's chalky. If I'm that confident, I, this is where I have to get it right if I'm going to win this week. So um, I have a couple of guys I like in the higher range in the 7K, but I'm really there are a lot of guys in the lower range. So the, the, the higher range guys I'll mention, I like Cameron Smith. Um, if you notice, he kind of played. He's been playing well recently, and he's a guy who. Um, Way back in the beginning of summer, was like one of my guys. He got cold, and I went right off of him. And like I haven't really played him in a while, but now I think he's back. His form is looking good, uh, and this is a course that he that should fit him pretty well. He's also had a, um, some success here with a tied for thirteen and a tied for ten. So he's done well on this course in the past. I'm with Sia also on Denny McCarthy. Um, Denny McCarthy is also one of those guys, not in the same like. So just so you guys know, I group Ryan Palmer and Joel Dahman together as like the same type of golfer, right? They're very explosive. They get a ton of birdies. They also can, you know, they can do poorly. So um, he's not like in the level of like those two are like the two most explosive guys, but he's similar. Like he's in that mold where, you know, he's very capable of going off for a 64 in a day. Uh, we saw him do that at the 3M Open on the fourth round. He, I think I'm pretty sure I might be getting that wrong, but it was right around that tournament where he basically won people a tournament. So um, definitely someone to target from this range. Another guy I definitely have on your radar is JT Poston. Now, JT Poston is a guy that I'm just confused by. This is what you need to know about JT Poston. When he does well, he does really well. So, like, when he – like, he's at a tie for fourth year and, like, four missed cuts. So it's hard to make sense of that. Uh, but when he's on, like, he's he really can, can compete in a tournament. So – Never someone that I would recommend a lot of exposure to, but definitely someone to throw in some of your lives. Like if you have a core of like four or five guys, you mix him in the mix into some of those those lines because he can be that that one uh, differentiator. I also like Siwoo Kim. So he didn't. He was a little bit disappointing uh, the other day, the other week when we recommended him, but he is you know he's a guy that can go really low. His ball striking numbers are really good. You need him to to get that putter going this week if you're if he's going to cash, but. Um, you know, he doesn't have the best history here. He has, he has a tie for 15th and a tie for 25. Uh, but I think this is a spot where now that his price is at 7,500, don't forget, he was like the most expensive golfer in the field two or three tournaments ago. So uh, that's a big difference, right? And so like, granted, it's a different field. That, that does mean something, right? Now, this is where we start to really make our money, right? This is where, where it all really starts to matter. Um, so I like Sam Burns. I don't love him, but I think he is definitely a play. If you want to put a few shares in him, that would be good. I really like Ryan Palmer. Um, I just think he's consistently getting overlooked by people. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be in the 8,000 range here. Um, he's you know, that good a golfer. His results are pretty consistent. right? He has a ton of top 10s this year. I just think he's underpriced and kind of getting undervalued. So for that reason, I really like uh, Palmer this week. Um, now this, I, I, I'm okay with Stewart Sink. I want to mention him. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I don't love him. Don't, you know, put him in 90%, but if you, he's another one of those, if you want to put him in a, a lab or two with your core, I think that could be a good play. And 
Now these are the plays that I'm that I'm really because like this is the range where it starts to make sense when you start getting with Bryson and and those guys. You can fit. You know what I'd rather do is play Bryson and Lurt type guy and like four at seven thousand. They'd have to dip too far into the six out. So here's where I'm going to try and really fill my lineup. And one of the guys I I really love down here is Pat Perez. So Pat Perez is another one of those guys that's that's finally coming around. His form is real in really good form in really good shape. Uh, last year at the same tournament he got third. In, he didn't play the two years before that. In 2017, seventh. In 2016, he missed the cut. So that's multiple sources of, of good scores. He likes this course. His form is good. I think stars are aligning. He's another guy that, that I like a lot this week. Um, I, I'm not going to talk too much about it because uh, Sia mentioned it, but I do like Joel Domino a lot. He, he's with Ryan Palmer in that same vein. I think Ryan Palmer is more consistent, so you know, he's the guy I would like over Domin. But Domin does, you know, get you a lot of those, you know, 64s, 65s. You can put up those scores. So, um, you know, I, I kind of play them both in a very similar vein. Um, I love Christopher Ventura. Right? I think he's, uh, you know, if you saw last week, he was the top 10 highest priced guys. Granted, different field. So, you know, it does average out. But he played really well last week. I mean, he, he's striking the ball well. Um, I think he's a guy that's just in good form at a good price. And he's not a guy that's like a big name, so his ownership shouldn't, shouldn't get too high. Um, so it's a good play for you to get different with a guy that at this range that can really help you uh, cash in your lineups. I love it. I'm making a lineup with you guys as we go along, and I thought it would be fun to do the Bryson and the Cantley lineup. Um, it's fun. It's definitely <laughs> fun. It's, it's a little more interesting. It's definitely a little more interesting. Not, um, a lot of these 7K guys we are riding with. So. We are towards the end of the DFS portion of the show. Obviously, both of these gentlemen, I have C and Joel, as I said before, with me. We're going to have some plays in the 6K range. Joel, probably a couple more because of his preferred build. Uh, Sia will have a couple, but Sia will also have his secret weapon where he still has not missed, I don't think. did you? How did you do that? Oh, week? no, I, I finally missed. I jinxed myself. No way. Oh. It was um, Kyle Stanley. He was on the number. It was minus two. And then uh, I can't remember who it was, birdied uh, 18 to close mm-hmm. the day on uh, – Friday, and so my first secret weapon has uh, has missed the cut. First out of like, weapon. I don't know, 14, 15? I'm not really sure. It, oh, yeah, no, not totally not sure at all. It's not 15 of 16. Don't worry, guys. We'll get you the real math soon. But no, it's pretty incredible. You were on an absolute heater uh, recently with these guys making the cut. So Secret Weapon is a player priced under 7,000, ownership under 5% that CA really does think will Maybe not crush it, but absolutely smash value for you. And we think, again, mm-hmm. if you need one of these guys under that 7K number, or if you're just trying to get different by going with one of these guys under the 7K number, he's pretty much hit on all of them. The only place you can find that, though, is Wednesday night in our Discord chat. Again, it's free for anybody. WindailySports.com backslash chat. You can go in for free. You can hang out with us. Sia will give you his play if you need one of those 6K guys. We promise you. 15 out of 16 times it's absolutely hit value that's very important so sia let's start with you because i think joel's gonna have a couple more plays or a couple more in-depth plays or a couple deeper plays but sia talk to me a little bit about the 6k range well one thing i do want to point out about christopher ventura who and and joel's right about all of that the the only thing i do want to caution everybody he is one of the more popular guys in the 7k range he's he's already tracking at like 12 13 and again that doesn't mean you shouldn't be on him necessarily because honestly at this point given what he's been doing lately and the fact that he was top 20 here at this course last year, I mean, he shouldn't even be 7,100. Like, you know, this, this might be a misprice. He might maybe 7,400. I mean, I'm speculating, but you know, this is really good value at 7,100. So absolutely in a cash game, just, just be 
cautious of the fact that he's one of the more popular guys in the 7K range. So 6K, okay, there's a lot of guys that I'm going to just take a shot at. A lot of guys that, you know, I'm just going to, you know, cross my fingers. And they're all kind of, they're not all boomer bust. The first guy is definitely boomer bust, Henrik Norlander, who, by the way, last week at Sanderson, I believe finished fourth. And and before that, fourth place, before that, he had missed like a handful of cuts in a row. But if you remember, after the restart, Norlander just kind of burst on the scene. And, and people were, you know, a lot of touts were like tracking him for good reason. And he was showing up every week. He was showing up, showing up. And then all of a sudden, he he just, it was just, it crashed and burned. Well, now, I don't know, maybe because of the time off, maybe because of the quote new season, you know, he finishes fourth last week and, and we might be catching him at the right time because his game absolutely suits this course. He's 6,900. It just makes sense. A guy who's maybe a little different than Norlander, but priced the same that I always like. He's a shorter hitter, so he's not going to really gain off the tee. He's incredibly good on approach is Cameron Tringale. i I've always liked him. I've always think I always think he's mispriced and I've seen him compete like even since, you know, I keep saying since the restart, that was kind of a while ago, but there have been at least a handful of tournaments where Tringal was there uh, at, at the end on Sunday, at least, you know, in that in that top 10 range. So I like him. If we go down another guy that's kind of one of my guys that I think has some upside that's trying at like 2% ownership is Scott Stallings. He's one of those guys like maybe I kind of prefer him in showdown versus you know, a four day tournament, but you know, you got to take some chances. And I, I like Stallings. He might be a first round leader play. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned in about probably 10 minutes. We'll be talking about that. Maybe less. Uh, a few other guys I like uh, Tyler Duncan at 6,700. Speaking of a guy that's great on approach, not necessarily great off the tee. He's great. And honestly think he's kind of mispriced. He's less than 1% ownership. So that's a guy you can just kind of throw in there and get really, really different, really, really quick. I'm going to point out Danny Lee because A, he's one of my guys and B, he withdrew from the last tournament he was in. I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Might have been the U.S. Open where he literally like eight or nine putt. What was it? Like, like six putt from like five feet. And he withdrew from the tournament immediately thereafter. So this is his first tournament coming back since then. And I just kind of think it's funny. I might have him in a lineup just, just because. Um, Zin Jun Zhang is interesting to me. He's 6,600. He was pretty bad last week and a lot of people were on him. He's really not one of my guys, but he is a guy that can get hot. And so he's a guy to at least consider. Honestly, if I'm making 20 lineups, he might be in just one of them. He won't be in two. But I just do want to point him out because – 6,600 is a pretty good price for a guy that, you know, just last week everybody was thinking was going to maybe contend in the tournament. Again, different talent field. But as we go down to 6,500 and below, I really like Sepp Straka because Joel likes Sepp Straka and Joel makes a lot of money. And Joel's actually perfect. Uh, excuse me. Sepp Straka is actually perfect for this course. His game, hey. he's great off the tee. Joel's um, perfect, too. <laughs> he's perfect too. Uh, Scott Piercy, I think, is is an interesting dart throw. I'll just throw out a couple more guys that I like. I threw this guy out last week, and he made the cut, and then he blew up on Sunday and was absolutely terrible. But he does have some pedigree, and so when he's priced this low, I, I'm going to give him some attention. That's JB Holmes. Um, he's looking at like one and a half percent, and I think at 6,400, if you have to jam in a guy that's super low, I think JB Holmes might might be the guy for you. I like it. That's a nice extensive list there. I appreciate the uh, brevity on some of it, but I also appreciate, I mean, we never got to Taylor Gooch though. You know, he's my favorite Max. Oh, you know what? You know what? Actually, that's a little bit of an oversight. He wasn't written up in my article, but I actually do like Taylor Gooch and I will have him again. If we're we're talking about 20 lineups, I might, I'll definitely have him in one, but I might have him in a couple. That's a good point. Nice. There we go. All right. My name, my favorite names coming through for us. Joel, um, 
I think were you on Zin Jun Zhang last week? Because I remember us all trying to we were all having trouble trying to say that name. I did. I do. I like him. So he's been, he was in one of my lineups when I won a, a big tournament. So mm. I have a soft spot for yeah, him. You have to go back. Yeah. Yeah, he's hard to get away from him. Um, and just for uh, historical context, he was actually six thousand flat, the cheapest guy in the field when I played him, and that uh, mm-hmm. hit for fifty k. So we like him. Hey. Uh, wow. Now, I will say this: he is probably, in my opinion, a better golfer than he's getting credit for with this price. So for that reason, I like him. He's not consistent. So, and this is kind of what you have to. This is how you have to think about every guy in the. 6K range for the most part, at least most of them. Um, very few golfers in the 6K range do you play more than 50% of their lives, right? Because they're all pretty volatile. They they can hit. So, like, what what I, the, my approach to this is, like, I have my core plays that are, like, that I'm really high on above this. And then I build a pool in this range of maybe five to eight guys that I like. And I mix and match them into my lineup with my core plays. And I figure one of my five to eight in the 6K hit then we can win a GPP. So that's the thought process. Now this down to your five to eight, sprinkle one or two in all your lineups with your core plays, and then you know, hope that one of those hit. So keep that strategy in mind as I go through my plays. So I'm going to actually do this a little bit differently. I'm going to start from the bottom and then go up in the 6K range um, of the guys that I like. And so with that being said, the first guy in this range that I'm targeting at 6,200 is Sam Ryder. So Sam Ryder is a guy that in a in a low cost he does I think he's pretty good he's he's a you know I think listen he's a six k golfer but I would have probably thought he would have been sixty eight or sixty nine opposed to sixty two so I think there's a little bit of value there from that perspective and then he you know last year at this tournament he was tied for eighteen the year before that he got third so he's done well here recently and consistently um, and at sixty two hundred dollars for sure get a few sprinkles of him in there because. You know, you can certainly get Bryson and Cantlay and get interesting with, with a guy like him. Um, kind of scrolling up from him, another guy that I'll mention, uh, and, and another thing that I that I learned, I don't know if this is like kosher to say, but I'm gonna have to just say it. Um, so I mentioned, <laughs> so I mentioned William McGirt last week, and I'm going back to him again. He wasn't very good, um, but I'm gonna go back. He's like, and this is what I'm not sure is kosher to say. He, he, he's he's overweight and he's not he's not like in shape at all so i don't know if that's like that's if, guy. <laughs> yeah you can say that by the way yeah that's i know i know we live in a different world these days but you can, you say, can say if he, someone is overweight like you could even say obese or fat we yeah, we, that's yeah he's like he, he doesn't look so i guess so in fairness to me, I didn't really know too much about him. I just looked at his history and statistics. Like, this guy makes sense. We should be playing him this week. And then I saw him and I was like, oh, I bet on this guy? What was I thinking? This guy? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the right approach. And that, that really shouldn't be because it shouldn't matter anyway. There's a lot of big guys. That look at Bryson. He's not fat, but he's he's huge and he's really good. So, um, so I want you just to know that before you pick him. Now, with that being said, uh, he has – it tied for 10th and it tied for ace at, at this course. So that's why I'm going back to the course history. I think he's also a little bit old, which is why an overweight guy that's a little old, maybe not the best guy to, to attack. So if you want to spring on one lineup, fine, but don't, don't put too much exposure to him. I do think, and before, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think 
with his picture again looking him up on DraftKings here i think he would be a better bill than william i don't know if you guys agree or disagree but bill <laughs> if you're out there come on the show fight joel and uh we'll move forward. <laughs> listen billy i would love to have you on the show right. <laughs> we're welcome on you can explain why i'm wrong and i'd, I'd be happy to entertain it it'd be good entertainment um now another guy down here that i really like i think one of my favorite plays um other than Ryder. Uh, it's Patton Kazire at 6,300. So he, for, as a course fit, he, he's a big guy. He is in shape, and he crushes the ball. So he's going to look good on this course. Um, obviously, at 6,300, he's not the most consistent golfer, uh, but I do like his course history. Um, he's given us a few solid scores on this course. Last year, he was tied for 42, but in 2018, tied for fourth, and 2016, tied for second. So some pretty high scores. He's capable of getting up there here. Um so again, he's another one of those guys that you can definitely sprinkle in some laps as you as you jam in Bryson and whatnot. And then as I continue to scroll up, a few names I want to drop in at, at the have on everyone's radar. Um, Bo Hostler. So Bo Hostler is another one of those guys that hits it far. He's probably best suited for showdown because he's not very consistent. Um, but he's you know I think he's he'll be a good course fit and he'll get some good salary relief. Uh, as Sia already mentioned, I do like Seb Straka. Um, you know, I think one thing that throws me off, and just keep this in your mind when you're building your lineups, is when you're playing week to week, which you should be, um, and you play and you see that Seb Straka was like $9,000 the week before, and now he's like 66, you're going to be like, this is a great value. He needs to be in my lineup. And it's hard to mentally convince yourself that like, it's just a different field and you can't compare the two like that. And I find myself doing that where I'm like, this guy was 10000 last week, and now he's for 2000 less. What a great value. It's just a different field. So, Try and not let that kind of slip slip on you like it has to me multiple times. Um, and then the last few guys I, I just want to mention are Scott Piercy, uh, Matthew Naismith, and Rafa Cabrera Bello. So Cabrera Bello is the one I will talk about for a little bit because he's known to ha- be a really good ball striker, and so I think you know he's going to be a good course fit here. He's another one of those guys that's just around the green. He's pretty weak, and you need to be good around the green here. So you're going to need him just kind of get hot with the with the putter in order for him to contend. But I think he's definitely one where you can sprinkle in and learn if that makes sense. Absolutely beautiful. Tom Lewis. You guys usually love Tom Lewis, especially in this range. Uh, see you, Joel. Anything from Tom Lewis? Looking back, Tom- he kind of sucks, but... Yeah, I mean, Tom Lewis was my... It was literally the one play last week where I was like, all right, this is my gut play. I've seen him go low before. I mean, I, honestly, it, this is one of those, like, out of 20 lineups, I'll probably have zero shares. But if you were making... 40 lineups go ahead mm-hmm. and throw Tom Lewis in because he can get hot. It just hasn't happened in so long. Mm-hmm. He's, there's yeah. there's too many other guys in this range that I would like. One guy I do want to bring up though, because you mentioned the 6,200 range and it reminded me of a guy that's getting kind of a lot of um, talk, at least for this particular tournament. His name is Justin Sue and it's uh, S-U-H. In fact, he's actually the third cousin of Indomitian Sue on uh, the paternal side which is interesting. What? But anyway, so obviously, you know, pedigree there. I just made all yep. of that up. That's none of that. In fact, it's not even, it's not even, it's not even pronounced Sue. It's, it's, uh, you like how I threw pedigree in there? Like that would matter. Third cousin on the paternal side. Like, Oh man, pedigree guy must honestly, mash it. No, no, honestly, once you said pedigree, I was kind of like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. And then you told us all the right. truth. So actually the pedigree honestly threw me off a little bit. I was confused for a second. You had me. You definitely that have. was fun. Anyway, this is a young kid. Oh. Uh, just two weeks ago, he finished 14th uh, out in uh, the Dominican. He played in that tournament. And then the last tournament I see for him was the Barracuda, which was some time ago. 
um, after the restart, but some time ago, and uh, he finished, let's see, 21st. So not not a ton of PGA experience, but he's 6,200 and appears to not be afraid of the moment. I mean, it's not like it was a bunch of like corn fairy tour guys uh, out in Punta Cana. So uh, listen, that's just one of those upside plays. A lot of other people like that's um, it's not even really my pick. I just wanted to point it out that he's get, he's kind of getting talked about, and at 6,200, where, where you see he's finished in in the two tournaments that he's played recently. Uh, it's not bad. It's not that bad. All right. Well, that is our DFS breakdown. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Right. Before we move on, I, I'm going to kick myself off. I don't mention him. Um, the one guy I left out in this range, he's in the higher tier, is Henry Higgs. Now, the, I want to mention him because I like him. My caveat to him is probably why I left him out is because he's typically a guy that's like probably 6,300, 6,200, like really down there, and they've boosted him up. So that tells me two things. He's playing better. So people are starting to come on to him, right? His, his salary is raised. Um, but, you know, you know, I really like him when he's dirt cheap. Now that he's kind of coming up a little bit, it's like harder to fit him in. Uh, but I do think it's worth getting a few a few shares of him in there. He played really well um, a few weeks ago and in, in, in a field similar to this. And I think, uh, I, think he can, I think he can play well again. He doesn't have too much course history. He's a younger guy. Um, I think C is laughing because he's also really big. And <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, he is. He is. I, I was, was going to say it. Yep. I was just going to say, I was, Joel, sorry to interrupt you, but I was going to say, um, geez, I, you know, I don't know if this is really kosher to say, but uh, Harry Higgs has um, high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's a big boy. Go on. He's, 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 you know what? He's entertaining to watch, um, but he, he's, yeah, he's a good golfer. The, the caveat for, for him that why I like him more, I'm less concerned, is because he's not old. He's a young guy. He's, he's, he's just big. So um, I think, I think he's a, he could be a good, strong player here. Hmm. I'm really curious. There is some formula here with age and weight, and, and you know, uh, there's something there, and we're going to figure it out one of these shows. Well, I didn't realize you, you were so against certain types of people. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? You know what it is when you put money on someone and you don't actually know what they look like, and then you see they're old and fat, you just get disappointed. You're like, I <laughs> this guy, and he's not playing well, and he's old and fat, and you just, that sucks. So that's where that comes from. You got got, it. my friend. You got got. All right. <laughs> think that is the finish of the DFS portion of the Shriners Hospital for Children Open. Too many plurals, man. Too many plurals, but I think I got it all there. So now we'll move on to the betting side of the show. Most, if not all, of Joel and the uh, odds that I will be looking at are coming from DraftKings. Sia uses a fake site with play chips, so we're not totally sure what we're going to get there. But let's talk about outrights. We got outrights and we have some first round leaders that are always fun. And maybe we can even sprinkle in some of those matchups. But matchups, we like to see, we like to feel, we like to understand what's happening first. So again, windailysports.com backslash chat. Free for seven days. See, we'll give you some matchups. He crushes it there. It's he's practically undefeated. So it's guaranteed money. I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> windailysports.com backslash chat. See ya. What do we got for outrights? Outrights. Okay, so I'm going to start in a range I don't usually start at. Uh, Matthew Wolf, depending on where you shop, 28 to 1, 30 to 1. I just really like him this week. Normally I start way further down. Joaquin Neiman at 55 to 1, uh, HV3, because he has a 3 in his name. Um, Also because he actually truly is a good course fit here, and I think the break probably suited him quite well. 90 to 1, Joel Dahman. one of Joel Shrek's guys, um, who can go low. I actually think Dahman's a... Really solid showdown play, not so much for the tournament. But when I see 140 to one, 
I'll go ahead and take that. I'll ring that up. And uh, if we if we want to go 175 to one, Michael, can I interest you in a buck at 175 to one? You can interest me at two dollars at 175 to one. See. <laughs> There we go. So now we're talking. So this is a guy I actually like for DFS too. I, I failed to mention him. Charles Schwartzel, I think at 175 to one is actually pretty solid value. I'm, I might throw a, a few bucks down on that as well. So that, those are my outrights. Charles Schwartzel. And it's Charles, not Charles. There's no E or S. It's just Charles. So that's just Charles. Weird Southern shit right there. But whatever. 175 to one. I will put $2 down on good old Charles. Good old also, he's, he's not. He's European. So. But he sounds like a good old boy from the South, don't he? He does. He does. Don't he? Them Duke boys, <laughs> that mattered again. Joel, what do you got uh, in terms of uh, some outrights? Yeah, I'm going to give three outright plays that I like this week, okay? The okay. first one is the obvious one. And you know what? I just think he's going to win the tournament, so I'm going to play it. But it's Bryson. He's the best golfer. Um, and you don't get good odds. It's plus 750. So it's not all that exciting to take him. But here's the thing. When he comes out, and he has a three-stroke lead after day one, the odds are going to be even money. So um, I just think he's the best, and this is everything is aligning. He's going to win. So I'm going to put a little bit on, on that. And then, you know, it's not fun betting golf tournaments on the favorite. So I'm going to give you my, a couple of my, my longer down-the-stream down the plays. So um, I hope I don't mess up this guy's name. Um, He's a South African golfer. Is it? Do you know? See, is it MJ Dafu or Dafu? Oh, MJ. Um, Def, uh, that's a good question. I think it's Dafu. Dafu. Um, MJ. I'm, Def- I'm not 100 percent sure, actually. So this is kind of how I came around to MJ. I was playing. I was in the middle of my super hot streak in the showdowns when I was winning every other week. I was playing one of the days, and it was like last second. I don't know what happened. Somebody pulled out. I needed to replace somebody in my lives, like a last second cancellation, like maybe Kevin, Knott, something like that. And um, he was available, and I was like, I have to get a minimum guy. I don't even know who this is, but I'm going to throw him in. It looks like he's been striking the ball really well. Let, let me fit him in. And like one of the, it was one of those, like right as the st- clock strikes, I didn't get it in on time. So I, I ended up stuck with the guy that didn't even play. Defu goes like seven under. And I'm like, Oh my goodness! If this, I mean, it was like a random like lucky like I wasn't that on him. I was like, if I had put him in, I would have won the whole tournament. I was like, holy smokes! Now this guy's on my radar. Uh, he hasn't done much since then, so I hadn't really been playing him till last week. He played pretty well last week. He had a few good rounds. His ball striking metrics were pretty solid. So now that he's playing well again, that's what got him on my radar. He's striking the ball well. Stars are under the line. The odds are really good. It's um, and I always get this wrong. It's plus a hundred. 17,500. What is that? Is that 175 to one? Yep. So there you go. So 175 to one, pretty good odds. I'll take, I'll put a dollar or two on him. Um, and the, uh, my one other outright play for this week that I like is Pat Perez. Uh, I, I just think Pat Perez is, is a good golfer. He's going to win a tournament. And this is the type of tournament that a guy like Pat Perez would win, right? It's not like the full field. Got some of the guys, he can get a hot four days and you're getting him at a, at a pretty good number at, um, uh, 110 to one. Love it. Are you sure it's not 1,010 to one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I'm even happier about it, but I'm pretty sure it's- <laughs> like, that's fine with me. I, I can go as low as I want. All right. So those are the outrights. Um, we then, now we get to the tasty part. We get to the first round leaders. This is where we've hit some, some good bets so far this year. See ya. Start. Talk to me. Where am I I putting my dollars this week? It totally reminds me. I forgot. I I have some news to break. 
Oh, like I have Jesus some like Christ. legitimate breaking news. All right, Are you guys we ready for this? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. ready the, okay, so two, well, let way. me give you he is zero for two on breaking news. Just want to let everybody out there know. But please, see him. Break more news. Otherwise known as close for two, which counts in horseshoes and in first round leader golf when no, you have doesn't. a show. Oh, it doesn't. That does not. How does that count? Uh, we'll I have to check that. Down and I don't get it back. Listen. Well, you have to talk to your 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 sports gambling provider. I don't. I can't. I can't help you there. But we'll look into that. I, I, Thank I you. I think I see your point. You're um, my lawyer, so I mean, whatever. You talk to him. I'll look into it. Okay. So okay. So before I break news, let me give you some of the first round leaders I like. Abraham Answer at sixty six to one. Uh, Joaquin Neiman sixty six to one. Scott Stallings ninety to one. Scott Piercy one hundred and twenty five to one. I'm going to throw in Charles Schwartzel at one hundred to one because I suddenly like that. But the breaking news. Uh, are you guys sitting down? Looks like you're sitting down. The breaking news at 80 to 1, your first round leader on Thursday at the Shriners. Are you guys ready? It's yeah. Tuesday, the 6th of October, is Ryan Palmer at 80 to 1. Wow. Just broke the news. Yeah. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, America. Here goes two more dollars down the drain for me. How am I going to recover? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. Ryan Palmer, 80 to 1 people. See, I just broke news, so save your money. Uh, Joel, what do you have? Uh, I know you like the top 40s. You like those top 20s, 10s. Do you have a first-round leader? What do you got for a couple more bets? Yeah, so for my first-round leader, one of the bets I like a lot is Christopher Ventura. We mentioned him in, in the DFS. He's a really good golfer. He's in good form. Um, I want to target him here because – I like targeting him in this tournament in a lot of different betting angles, but the first round leader I, I like especially because the combination of form, he's been playing so well consistently that I think he's going to come out um, hot. And I think he's undervalued, so I think if he comes out, uh, which I do think he will, um, as a, like in the top 10 or 20, uh, his odds are going to significantly go up relative to where he started. Uh, so I think he's just being undervalued, so it's a good, good place to get some action on him. Um, and then, when I, like, I, like we always say, when we're doing first-round leader bets, let's get some fun action, right? First-round leader, there's a reason. So think about this. I may have mentioned this on, on a show before. There's a reason that the odds for even the favorites are worse for first-round leader than they are for them to win the tournament. And there's a reason why the odds for lower-down guys are um, similarly worse because – the odds of somebody who's not that good to get hot for a day and be the leader is significantly better. And the odds of Bryson getting beat by somebody over four days is significantly worse. So you can catch lightning in a bottle here. You're also likely going to be flushing your money down the toilet, but all you got to do is hit it once and then you're good for the rest of the year. So um, with that being said, a few guys that, that just kind of make it exciting to throw a couple shekels on and, and kind of have some fun uh, on Thursday as you, as you watch golf. If Sam Ryder, he's another guy where we mentioned in DFS. He has a good course history here. He likes this course. Um, I think he can kind of come out on day one, maybe put up a really strong score, uh, and then kind of keep himself in the top 20 to finish the week. And the last guy for a first-round reader that I'll mention is Patton Kazire, who is another one of those guys that I really like. He's a good course fit. Um, and the way I pick my first-round leader picks is let me find those like low-salary DFS guys I like and see like, can one of them catch lightning on, the, on day one and be I love it. I love it. I those, love putting dollar bets on all these. They're, they're awesome. I don't know if you mentioned it, but those guys are both 150 to one. Yes. To be first round let's leader. Go. Oh, let's go. Charles going to get a couple bucks. I already put my $2 on Ryan Palmer. 
Because, I mean, you're breaking the news. I can't, I mean, like, as much as I'm going to make fun of you for it, I will literally take the bet every single time because the one time I don't, of course, it's going to hit. hit. So, so I'm kind of <laughs> like doing this weird thing where if I know I put money on it, it won't hit. But it's really just to take away the satisfaction. It's like this whole mental, I'm playing chess. Somebody else is playing checkers, but it's not against me. I don't really know what's going on. Um, laugh at this. So last week I was doing, I was putting my bets in for the week, first round leader, what have you. And that same thought process was going through my mind. I was like, well, I didn't think about him being a good bet. So I got to have at least something because if that comes in, I'm going to be sick. And then I started doing it. I'm like, next thing I know, I'm like betting on like 20 guys. I'm like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Somebody has to get first round leader, right? So if I just put dollar bets everywhere, I I might hit him. Yeah. And then you can can show it off on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure some people do. Like, look, see. (laughs) <laughs> they don't actually show the wager amount. They'll just show like the check next to the first round leader bet. One. Um, uh, can you put a couple bucks though on Joaquin Neiman as well? I, I know he was one of the like five or six I mentioned, but I just got a feeling about him uh, on Thursday. So and he was 80. What was Joaquin Neiman? FYI. And this is what I looked at on DraftKings. Um, there's a few matchups I like. I don't know that I love any of these, but I like them enough to bet them. Unfortunately, my site has different matchups, but I but I use DraftKings. Um, Wolf over Scheffler, uh, Cam Davis over Zach Johnson, and Ventura over Ben on on. Or I should just say on, because that's easier to say. Um, that, I mean, the way we're talking, it sounds like the Ventura versus on one we would all be on board with. For sure. I love it. Um, is that is that about it, gentlemen? The, the last thing that I'll, I'll mention for, for bets, I think if, if you are using DraftKings, some fun bets to look at for this week are top 40 because I think there's some really good top 40 value that you can get plus odds on. And a couple names I'll mention, a guy I mentioned on, on uh, DFS is Kevin Na. You can get plus 120. All you need to do is be in the top 40. I think that's a good value there. Um, and then if you want to have some more fun, um, you can get, start going down and getting like two to one or two and a half to one on some of these guys that we like for DFS purposes as well. So I definitely think it, it's worth the value there. For context, uh, Patton Kazire is three to one if you want to get him in the top 40. Um, I think an interesting play at uh, almost a little under three and a half to one is Ryan Armour. Uh, as CM makes fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think another good value down here is also Will Gordon. Now, Will Gordon... Kind of disappointed us recently um, as he missed the cut, but it's a is a good bounce back spot for him. This is not too loaded of a field, and you're getting a three and a half to one on him just to be in the top forty. He doesn't need to kill it. He doesn't even need to be in the top ten, right? He just has to compete. So those are some good values. Just gotta compete. Just gotta be semi coherent. Make the cut, and you know, just not suck on Sunday. That's really all we're looking for out of these top forty guys. That's essentially. Yeah, if you really have a strong feeling about somebody, like you can't bet like the top ten guys because those are like minus four hundred, and so like that's not fun. But um, pretty much anyone after the top fifteen to twenty guys, you're getting plus odds on. So if you have a good feeling about someone, taking them top forty is great because if you're right and you miss on like you can't. It's hard to pick six DFS golfers in a GPP, but if you really like one guy, win some money on him. Kind of curious. We're, I'm not going to do it live because it'll take too long, but can we do like a 10 player parlay and just tri- pick a bunch of dudes to finish in the top 40? I'm kind of curious. That'll be fun. I don't think they let you. I think I tried. 
<laughs> well, we appreciate the honesty there, Joel. Now I don't have to go and do that. But this has been fantastic as always. We always say, oh, it'll be like 40 minutes tops. And, you know, here we are an hour 15 almost in. But we had fun. Hopefully everybody out there listening and watching had some fun with us. Hopefully you make a bunch of money with us. That's the most important part. See ya. Where can everybody find you on the Internet? Uh, in Discord, at D-I-S-C-O-R-D, uh, otherwise known as at Sianajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. Yes, windailysports.com backslash chat, and then it's at Sianajad in there as well. Joel, oh, where can right. everybody find you? Yeah, I'm at Craftmaster Flex everywhere, Instagram, you know, know it. corny, but that's where you can find me corny but we love it and we love you you can find me at michael Raziel one one last time windailysports.com backslash chat make sure to follow us at windailysports tag us tell us how you did we want to know that you made money using free information that we're giving you i mean how how much better can it get literally and if you could also let us know what you think of joel's new badass haircut Mm. that would be kind of fun yeah also, NFL betting show tomorrow, 8.30, yes, live 8:30. stream. Check it out. I think it's just CNI, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and Joel's new apartment. Uh, Joel, your address one more time for everybody? Yeah, <laughs> one fire lane. Um, because that's all. Okay. <laughs> fire lane. All right. Um, somebody go out there and figure it out. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Sia, for Joel, for myself, and the rest of the Windaily Sports family, we all hope you make it a very profitable Shriners Hospitals for Children open got it (laughs) you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.